hot one, Tom. That's <laughs> the coming to one. you live <laughs> from the Zoom Tower. It is Ooh. the Anarchy Podcast with your host, Drunk Shy Sox fan. And Hot Take Tommy, on this episode of the Sons of Hunarchy, we are simply going to do a Jose Abreu appreciation podcast. The Pito podcast. The Pito pod. So get ready, strap in. Wait, sit back, strap it down. Sit back, relax, and strap (laughs) it down. And crack them. All this brought to you by DBC DBC brand. brand. Love it. All right, Tom. Welcome back. I'm so glad that we're actually doing, I'm honestly happy that we're doing a regular recording podcast. Yeah, just like normal. Just like it's like nothing fancy. We're just going to crank this out. It's going to be a nice 20, 25 minute conversation here. 40, 45 minute. Possibly, especially (laughs) if you get me going. Um, But as heard in the intro to this podcast, we're centering this podcast today around Jose Abreu. Pito. This is the Hall Pito of Famer. Um, so we're going to talk about his his impact over the past. This would be his sixth year with the White Sox, um, and talk about you know his impact both on the field, off the field, and um, I'm going to have some pressing questions for you too. So That's I hope true. You're ready. I, I've heard you've got me. You're going to try to stump me a couple times in here. So good luck. First of so, all, so. My first trivia question, as you bring that up. It has to be trivia. Um, Jose Abreu's first season with the White Sox was 2014. Correct. How many players on the 2014 roster are still with the 2019 White Sox? Or, or, pardon me, 2020 White Sox. Go. That's actually a great question. It would be, I mean, one with Jose Abreu. Okay. Two with Leary Garcia, I want to say. Okay. And I'm thinking about the bullpen. No. I'm thinking about. You're not, allowed to cheat. You're not cheating, correct? I'm not. I'm not. This is what my phone screen looks like. Um, okay. Yeah, no. I, I want to go with two. Leary Garcia and Jose Abreu. Leary Garcia. And Jose Abreu, is that That's your it. final answer? Is that your final answer, Tom? 2014? At the beginning of 2014 or at the 20, end of 2014? 2014, entire, entire roster. Then maybe Carlos Rodon because he probably got called up. And that's it, three. I believe he was 2015 because the roster I'm looking at, you are correct. Jose Abreu and Leary Garcia. Impressive. Oh, hey. I'm impressed. Tom. Honestly, wow. who, I'm the best. So, oh my God. In the video recording that we're doing, my hand looks tiny because it's reflecting. <laughs> you got Trump hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yes. All right. So, I was, I'm impressed with myself. Usually, I'm I, the I, worst at trivia. I am as well. So, that was Jose Abreu's rookie season, obviously rookie of the year. So, first and foremost, that was low-key shade from you just now, by the way. That was some low-key shade. I'm impressed as well that (laughs) that I got the trivia question. I told you. I am impressed. (laughs) Anyway. I I thought you would throw, like, some crazy name out there or that, like... um, Or, like, would totally miss on Leary. But you you pulled Leary out. I was impressed with that. That guy's been around. Yes. So now, 
2014 was a Braves rookie season. He won Rookie of the Year honors. Um, yes. Honestly, though, he probably should have won Rookie of the Year honors. Um, thinking about his experience coming into Major League Baseball, like playing. Oh, in just because he's 26? He was yeah, 26 when he came in. That what he was that year? Yeah, 26, right? So, That's still young enough to be a rookie. But he was like, revved up lot- and ready to go, right? You can't deny the fact that he's got yet okay you cannot deny that he had all that experience coming into the league like he was perennial mvp candidate in cuba so it's a little bit of an unfair playing field in terms of like he was definitely in his prime already so but you can also make that argument for people like when chris bryant got called up like he was clearly in his prime being held down for uh service time manipulation or whatever. So what's the difference then to say that, you know, Jose Abreu had so much, so, so much more. It's just, it's, it's a double-edged sword and like, it's a, it's a double standard. That's what I'm trying to say. It's a double standard when you're saying people like Jose Abreu coming up at 26, it's not fair because he shouldn't really have gotten the, the honors. Whereas like a homegrown like prospect who's 26 well, I mean, it. I'm not saying he didn't deserve it, Tom, because I think he was he was almost a unanimous choice, right? But yeah. something to keep into consideration, right, is the one of the big reasons why he was, you know, a Cuban, you know, he, he technically wasn't even a prospect. Like, he never touched the minor league system. So Yeah, he just went straight. It was a transplant. That makes knew. sense, but even they still. Knew. So if you it's, look yeah. at – yeah. So if you look at it statistically, this is this is Abreu's best year when it comes to offensive production, especially. I mean, you the guy's slash line was three seventeen. Oh, by the way, just a back check, fact check. He was twenty seven by the season. Started. Oh, hey, good back check, fact check in the yeah on the ongoing. I, so he was signed at twenty six, I guess. He right, was signed at twenty six, and right. his birthday is like late uh, January. So, uh, slash line was 317, 383 slugged 581, And he led the American league that year in slugging percentage. He may have led all of, um, actually, I think he led all of major leagues that year. I think that's what the, yeah, that's what the italics mean. So he led all of major league baseball, um, the in slugging percentage, right? Um, his OPS plus, which is a baseball reference staff stat 173, right? That was before the opposing pitchers knew to pitch him inside. So, so, but we, <laughs> but looking at that, right? I mean, we, this brings up a question that I have brought up more than once to you. Um, with him hitting age 33 now, are we really worried about serious regression with Jose Abreu? No. Why I, not? I mean, look at the numbers, right? Define serious regression, right? Like, do you mean, like, he's going to drop off the cliff this year? I mean, when is that cliff, right? I mean, like, think about him. Think about, like, Josh right. Donaldson. When are these guys going to hit their peak, right? Or have they already hit their peak? Think about your Edwin Carnacion's. Think about your Bartolo Colones, who, like, just never stopped playing baseball. You know, there's, there's plenty of examples of people who defy this trend that, you know, this era of analytics – favors youth so much like there's a there's a reason for it but at the same time you have who was that 
dead gum um nelson cruz even a better example 30 38 million years old whatever the hell he is i think he's actually 38 not skip the million but right like no 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 37 last year 38 this year i think regardless like he led the twins with the most home run, the most home run hitting team in the league was led by a man who was 37 years old so hey technically speaking there are examples of guys in today's baseball playing at the top of their game into their late 30s and he's 33 so he's technically if we're using that scale he's got five more years and it's it's more of is he going to do a good job of adapting his game and that's the question that i have is is he ever going to relinquish first base or is it a pride thing for him that he will refuse to stop paying, playing first base and become a more more of a reliable more of a liability than he already is over there no i was exactly going to bring that up too like uh, the move to dh i think has to start in say we we do get baseball this year yeah. i think it's got to start in 2021 because I don't think Edwin Encarnacion comes back to the White Sox in 2021 um, or even maybe even comes back to baseball in 2021. Um, uh, and then, yeah, I don't know. Uh, somebody's going to offer him a contract, and he'd be stupid to not sign up when he, his requirements are sit tight, stand up, hit ball, sit tight. You know what I mean? I just don't think that that's what the White Sox are going to pay up for in 2021. No, I don't think that the year. White Sox are going to do it, but – well, I'm. I don't know. I, the the whole coronavirus puts this all into whack because like we didn't necessarily get value from him. D- depending on when we start playing, right? Because have you heard the May like they may bring back baseball in May in Arizona? Correct. Only? Correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I don't know about all that. I don't know. I would love it, but I don't know. But. Anyway, that's not where we're supposed shift, to be going. Sorry. <laughs> right. The shift to to DH, um, I think, has to happen in in twenty twenty one. I mean, if and you, not just the switch to DH because he does DH every once in a while, but the switch to full time like you for do sure. not no, play one hundred percent anymore unless if somebody's dead in a ditch. You know, like you are, you are a DH only. That's it's got to happen soon. I mean, this is, once again, I don't think defensive war is the end-all, be-all stat. I think, you know, UZR and um, looking at range is way more important. But, like, look at defensive war, right, with Jose. Um, Year by year, negative 14.6, negative 13.5. And these are all negatives. 16.2, 11, 14.7, 15. He's a negative – he's a defensive liability, period. End of discussion. So, like – and honestly, I, I really think that giving him the opportunity to just focus on the bat is a good thing for him. So you can, I mean, you can say that all you want, but at the same time, I, um, if I'm not mistaken, his splits when he's first base versus when he's DH, he doesn't do as well at DH. I mean, a lot of guys talk about it. Like, he, he's gone on record saying, and, you know, Rick Rentria talks about it all the time. He's like, oh, he does not like DHing. He, he just doesn't like it. It makes him uncomfortable. Stuff like that. Like, 
people talk about that all the time. DH is like, especially people in the White Sox organization talk about it all the time. Oh, DH is so hard. Reason why people say it all the time is because we've had such shitty DHs for the last millennia. But well, it's because it's the expectation that you have to produce at the plate. Exactly. Like, and that's the thing. If Jose Abreu is as much of a team player as we want to write him off as, he's got to do it. He's yeah. got to do it. Um, and Ed Farmer, may he rest in peace, would always, always say, you know, um, it's really tough for you when you uh, can't produce on, I- on either side of the ball. Like when you're struggling at the plate, it feels nice to go out in the field, make a good catch, or, or at least like field a ground ball, even if it's an easy one. You feel like you're mm-hmm. doing something positive. It's really easy to get stuck in that mindset. Like, oh, I'm, I'm just being like, I struck out three times this, this game. I'm the worst person in the world. I didn't do anything on defense. I did nothing to help the team, you know? So I don't know if that's true of any of Jose Abreu's psyche. I don't know if he needs that like production on the defensive side of the ball, or at least like presence on the defensive side of the ball to feel like he's in there. And, you know, he's still like captain, my captain. So I feel like it, I don't know. I don't know. He's, I, it's really easy for us to throw around things like, oh, he's just got to be better at DHing or he's got to get used to it or he's just got to do it. Like, I mean, where, whereas that's what it needs to be at the end of the day, it's kind of hard to say like, hey, just turn, change your personality for me if you could. Just like, just fix that so that you'd be better for the team. You know, like, it's, it's almost like it's not that easy. Like, square, square peg in a round hole right now for him. and. That's why it's like that's it's gonna be a really unique and weird shift for him, I think. But that's what we kind of need. Not now, but like two years down the road, I think. Yeah. Um, so speaking of captains at first base, I want to play a little compare <laughs> game game with you. And and first off, I'll ask you by saying, you know, you're you're a guy that grew up we're both guys that grew up, I should say, yeah, with Paul Canerco at first base. Um mm-hmm. And you obviously are very open in admitting to this that you weren't as big of a White Sox fan until the kind of the end of the Canerco stint. So let me ask you. His last two years really were even from a non-biased standpoint, knowing knowing what you know about Paul Canerco and how offensively productive he was for the White Sox in the mid to late two thousands. Would you take Paul Canerco or would you take Jose Abreu on your team? I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Paul – no, no. I'm going to go with Jose Abreu. And the reason why is in today's baseball, uh, Jose Abreu is so much more helpful – for your team than a Paul Canerco was. He does what I mean by that is he does stuff outside the lines for the team. Well, Paul Canerco was the captain for a reason, Tom. But go ahead. The leadership and the like the like the, let me put it this way. The intangible of saying like Yasmani Grandal signs with the team and the first quote he he had was he got on a radio show and said, um, I'm just so excited to be here and, you know, we're going to work our asses off or whatever he said. And then he's like, the last quote, he, the last thing he said was, and Jose Abreu is going to lead us to the promised land. Like the man has so much respect around the league 
And it shows in his, like, what has he got, three silver sluggers? That's voted on by managers and coaches. So, if, if anything, he's got the most – he's the most respected. Whether or not you think he's the best, he's the most respected first baseman across baseball, across the American League at least, hands down. So, when that kind of draw exists in one person, it's a big deal. And I don't think Paulie ever had that because, yeah, we got Jim Tomey, and I bet you, like, Paulie was part of that. But, no, that wasn't even – that was a trade. Like, what free agent signings came to the White Sox and then said, like, oh, thank God I'm here playing with Paul Canerco. I don't – I mean, I don't know the answer to that, but that is something that's happening with Jose Abreu. Just looking at war alone, just war, right? Nothing else. No more, not just advanced statistics or anything. War alone per year, Jose Abreu is a much better player than Paul Canerco. Paul Canerco played, God, how many full seasons with the White Sox? Three, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, like 16 full seasons with the White Sox Mm -hmm. and then a half season in 2014. And his total war... His Fangraphs war is like 24. His baseball reference war is like 27 and a half, right? Jose Abreu's baseball reference war already in six seasons, six seasons is 20.9. Yeah. Like, that's something to think about too. Yes, obviously Abreu entered the major leagues at his, uh, arguably at his peak, right? Mm -hmm. He entered the major leagues at, at a place where he was ready to rock and roll, unlike Canerco, who took was like fine wine and developed over time, right? Uh, but then soured very quickly, like yeah, kind, kind of like <laughs> maybe like uh, maybe like beer that's still kind of uh, going through the fermentation process. Yeah, like the, the Goose bottom, Island, right? uh, the Goose Island bourbon stout, that one. There you that, go. Like, cause that you got to get it just right, just right. So. <laughs> But Jose Abreu, for sure, would be my choice. If I were to choose between Paul Canerco and Jose Abreu, I think Jose Abreu has been, year by year, a much more productive player than Paul Canerco. Um, And Paul Canerco's defensive war, just as bad, if not worse, some years. Hey, but did did you see the play, the Burley play, where he flipped it to bare hand catch Canerco? So you have to ignore every defensive bare handed (laughs) one time. (laughs) But did you see it? He passes the eye test. Unbelievable. So on that note, I think all in all, by the end of their careers, Jose Abreu is going to be the better player than Paul Canerco. Will he stay on the Hall of Fame ballot longer than Paul Canerco did? It's a good question. Honestly, I think it comes down to if the White Sox win a World Series. I was going to say the same thing. And as much as I don't think – I hate how championships define players. I think there are a lot of old-school Hall of Fame ballot voters, people with the Baseball Writers of America that have that old-school bias. I mean, you look at Canerco's peak – years okay yeah um 2006 was a really good year for him uh he slashed uh 313 381 551 right great year um i mean 
still not as good as Jose's rookie year, whereas 317, 383, 581. Yeah. Um, so, and then his best year, Canerco's best year, 38 offensive war. That's insane. So 312, 393, 584. And that kind of rivals. Um, and let me look at the home run total. Uh, can I have that? 30, he had 39. No, that's the wrong year. Yeah, 39 homers that year. Um, compared to, I think, Jose's year, he had 37, 36 his rookie year. So they're very similar. Jose's rookie year compared to Canerco's um, peak year. Yeah. Um, but all in all, I think longevity-wise, like I know Canerco was a solid player for an extremely long player of time, but there's more productive <clears throat> years out of Jose Abreu. All in already, all, he's already the better and hitter. And that's saying, okay, the 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 drop off with Canerco was so steep. I think it was his knees, right? His knees were bad, like. Or yeah, was it sure. his like elbows? It, some joint of his was bad, if I don't, if I remember right, and that's why everybody was like, "Oh yeah, he just can't keep up with the with the fastballs anymore," or whatever it was, and it was like quick is the thing, because um, I remember he was decent, like decent in 2011, like he was the one you wanted at the plate, and then 2012 he was like not good, and then 2013 was like holy. We need somebody. Team was awful. Um, like twenty twelve really wasn't bad. as bad. I mean, he's still in twenty twelve. He was he had a two ninety eight, three seventy one, four eighty six slash line. He only hit twenty six okay. bombs that year in so one hundred forty four games. But, but even still, that good. that was that was good. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that then because then twenty thirteen was the year that was like, oh god, what the heck happened overnight? Right, Correct. like over the off season, he just stopped being Paul Canerco. Three thirteen out of baseball in less than two years. Yeah, he had three thirteen OBP that year. So it's not just like yeah, compared to like with the two forty four average. So he's he's not only losing ability to hit, but he's also kind, he was also kind of losing the walk, vision at the plate. Yeah, and that's just. I mean, we don't know that that's not going to happen with Jose Abreu, but I feel. It's not going to happen with Jose Abreu. Every, like, people, mind you, this may just be White Sox going for good press on him because I always get this from, like, MLB.com and stuff like that. So, like, White Sox really control that. But they always talk about how Jose Abreu's work ethic is everything. And, like, he's always out there running. He never wants to take a day off, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't see him being the guy that's going to be – gonna get gout you know at a young age because he's been eating steak every day or whatever you know like i think you bring up an interesting point i think jose abreu is in even at age 33 is that what we said 33 he's in way better physical condition than canerco ever was at age 33 100 percent 100 percent and he and he continues to like have youthful players push him like um i think i mean i don't know that this is true mind you this is speculation here but Canerco was surrounded by an aging team. Like, mm-hmm. they were all veterans on that team, and they all acted like veterans, right? Whereas the team now is, like, so much hungrier because there's no experience. There's no, you know, oh, been there, done that kind of mentality. Like, let's just try to catch this lightning in a bottle and sing a swan song. Like, that's not what they're trying to do. They're trying to, like, get after it. And that 
drive in the clubhouse is much different than what Canerco was experiencing. So different influences around him, stuff like that could probably prevent. I mean, I don't, again, speculation. It could be that he drops off this year. I seriously doubt it. I seriously, seriously doubt it. I don't think. I think this is going to be a better year than last year, honestly. Let's let's say he has the same kind of regression as Canerco. Canerco started to majorly regress, like that 244, 313, 355 year. He was age 37. There you go. So you got another four four years. Hopefully, right? Hopefully. And that's what he signed for, right? Four years. Right. So um, yeah, it's a four year deal. We're freaking solid. We're set. The guy, like, if we win a World Series, I'd say he's on the ballot for Hall of Fame at least four years, you know, and depending on what he does in that world, like let's say he gets an ALCS um, MVP, something like something like that, just to put a feather in his cap. I think he's going to be one of the guys. And, oh, I don't want to steal your thunder, though, because I know you got a question coming for me. Mm-hmm. The question of the number. Go ahead. Yeah, so let's go there. Um, Canerco's number is retired. Yes. Will Abreu's. I am going to say definitely. And the reason why, like, even if he, like, even if baseball ceased or his baseball career ended right now, I think they'd still retire his number because it's 79. Like, Nobody else has or wants 79 unless if you were trying to be the next Jose Abreu, in which case you would do 79. But like if it was, if it was number nine, uh, no, that's Minoso. Um, if it was number who like 10, I don't think 10's retired. No, 10 is not retired. No. So um, if it was number 10, I feel like you'd have to be like far and away, like the best or, you know, even in Giolito's case, like, he's 24. So, if he – I'm pretty sure Giolito, Giolito's 24. Huh? You can fact, fact check me. Fact check me. But, like, even in that case where it's, like, a lower number, I feel like you'd have to be, like, a lot better. But he's – like, 79 is iconic, and I don't think I could ever see another person wear 79 and not think Jose Abreu. So, in that sense alone – he is worth retiring the number. And he was the only good player on some really bad teams for a while. See, like, he deserves it for that alone, you know. Anyway, that's, that's me saying there's no reason to not retire the number, like, around, oh, but then you're not letting, like, future all-stars get a good number, you know. Right. Giolito's 27, by the way. Um, now, I think it's going to take a championship for Abreu. I think it's going to take an MVP season or a championship from Jose Abreu. Interesting. I think it's going to take one or the other. Like, well, he already had an MVP. Like, a, if he wasn't the rookie of the year, he would have been an MVP candidate. I think he finished fourth. That I'll double check this. But I think he finished fourth that year in uh, MVP voting or something. But what, um, what I'm saying, though, so. is like – He's already checked that box, right? In terms of like it needs, I mean, an, he needs an MLB. He just needs a ring. He just needs a ring. That's because Frank technically didn't like 
technically had a ring technically but like hype like realistically that had nothing to do with his like his choosing into hall of fame candidacy number or the retired number both i don't know man i think it had a little bit to do with it oh i just burped in the mic sorry I mean, I know people look at the accolades, but when they think of Frank Thomas, they don't think of somebody that was on winning teams, you know? Yeah, that's true. They just think of man mashing home runs and eugenics commercials, you know? like. <laughs> I mean, the guy led the league in OBP four times in his career. Yeah. And he was a two-time MVP award winner. So, finished third another year. Finished second another year. I just finished third another year. Like it, he was incredible. The way that I see it is, Jose Abreu is, and will continue to be until further notice, the best first baseman in the American League. And I mean. Barn, like he's been that guy for. What do you think Silver Slugger means? And who are you thinking of? If you think there's somebody better, say it. Come now, you just you're just negative Nancy, is what you are. No, I just don't look at Jose Abreu with with uh, rose colored glasses, rose colored lenses. There, that doesn't mean that he's. I I I know he's got flaws. I said earlier, all you have to do is pitch him inside to get him out. Like that's facts. So, but he's still the best first baseman in the league in the American League. I digress. I digress. So, Joey Votto might be better than him, but he's in the National League. Let's move on. Sadly, I don't know I don't know the layout of first baseman in the AL that well. That's fair. But that's and because there's not that many great ones. In addition to that, I don't see the thing is if I were to choose a first baseman, I would want somebody that has that's decent defensively, right? There are a lot of DHs in the league too. Like teams put their best hitting first baseman first a lot base of times DH at, at is DH. really yeah it's interchangeable and that's so, because all you have to do is catch the ball like they don't they don't ask too much more of you at first base be a little flexible catch the ball you're good scooping is extremely important you can save a lot of defensive runs right there that's true so i mean facts but again like it's it's still easier than playing second base you know <laughs> right so all in all i think we both agree that jose abreu has a really good shot of getting a retired number yes i think it's in stone already that's just me he's gonna get you well okay so he's probably gonna get his number retired does he get a statue i think it takes a world series man i think a world series is really really important or even a pennant at least a pennant Yes, a pennant for sure would do it. And it would have to be like, you have to have a moment where you can memorialize or whatever. Like with Canerco, it's him rounding first base after the, after the uh, Grand Slam or whatever. Mm-hmm. But with, with him, it's got to be. There's, you got to find like an immortal moment. I love moment. that you bring that up. I love that you bring that up because I think he's going to have one of, especially as this team gets better, gets more mature, as the White Sox start winning more games over the next yeah. few years, 
I think there's going to be a moment like that. And I reflect on this because I was playing MLB The Show, which I'm going to whoop your butt <laughs> at in just a little bit. Not even. Um, but I was playing MLB The Show, and there's this, this version of, or uh, mode of the game. It's called March to October. So basically you play opening day all the way through, and then you play like specific moments throughout the year. Sometimes yeah, right, you're behind, right. sometimes uh-huh. you're ahead. And uh, I was playing game one of the ALDS against Cleveland, right? <laughs> I could not. So game got tied up in the ninth. Um, I started down, but came back. Game got tied up in the ninth. Couldn't score a run for the life of me. 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th inning. Jose Abreu, two-run shot to left. And it would be a moment like that. That, would that memorialized, yes, right? 100%. So, he just needs one immortal moment. And, um, and then – it's it's statue time you know right for sure because his impact his impact on this organization think about it tom in our young adult lives he has been the best player easily to don a white Sox uniform say that again from the time he put on a white Sox uniform to the time that he's going to take it off so when i'm taking longevity into context yeah obviously like i personally think chris sale is a more dominating player at his position than jose abreu yeah um ken griffey jr in his prime was a way better player than jose abreu um however he did not play his prime when you think about (laughs) their impact when you think about impact on the organization jose abreu is most likely at this moment at this moment in time the best player to don a White Sox uniform in at least the last six years. It's fair to say decade. Over over the six years. It's fair, it's fair to say decade because uh, 2010, yes, Paul Canerco was still in his prime, but he dropped off shortly thereafter. So mm-hmm. you're talking a full – like he hasn't been with us this full decade, but he like overshadows – like when you think of 2010's baseball – White Sox baseball, you think Jose Abreu. Right. 2000s baseball, you think Canerco and Thomas. And, you know, what's interesting, though, is no matter what is going on, the White Sox have always, as long as I can remember at least, had first base figured out. It was a pretty clean handoff from Canerco, from Frank to Canerco, from Canerco to Abreu. Mm -hmm. So... In four years' time, or in two years' time, if we're talking about how Jose Abreu needs to switch to DH, who's our guy? Where's the clean Andrew, handoff? Hopefully Andrew Vaughn is rocked and ready to go at that point. Or There's Jake Berger can stop getting injured. Absolutely not. Don't even go there. <laughs> Jake Berger is going to take a job with ONTAP Sportsnet. Or maybe even Sports on Tap. Sports before. on he, Oh no, he better not take Sports on Tap. I'd be so mad no, about I'm that. Kidding. He better not. Um, as we wrap this up, Tom, um, let's uh, talk about what we're going to do for our listeners and viewers yes. going into next week. That's the tease of the century and viewers. So you guys can uh, watch us as we watch. Um, Basically, it's like, hey, you want to watch the uh, Jose Abreu walk-off game, his 2014 Rookie of the Year when he walked off Grand Slammed or whatever. 
um, that is available to you from the MLB vault, right? You're thinking about watching it, but you're not sure. Well, you know what? We're going to watch it, Steve and I, together. So join us. Watch it with us. So you got a couple buddies to watch it with at least um, rather than sitting by yourself and, like, staring at, like, an old, old game. So there's your, there's your tease. Come on over. Watch the game with us. We're going to do it. I don't know when. We'll let you know. But um, it's, it's an excuse to, to watch that game along with us. Absolutely. And hang in with us as we're creating fragmented content here during the <laughs> COVID-19. So Pandemic. any last thoughts, Tom? Uh, man, I love Jose Abreu. That's all I got to say about that. I love the man. Fair enough. Fair enough. Tom? Pito forever. <laughs> yeah, the Pito podcast. So? So? Rebuild or bust? And in Han, we trust. Have a good one, everybody. All right.